Hello there. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Deck, and I'm joined by Claudia with a K and Key. On today's episode, we wanted to talk about something borrowed. Let's see it, sure. Now, with something borrowed, I have not rewatched it myself. And you're thinking, wow, you, you watched something borrowed? Um, I can't remember if I was at gunpoint or if I was kidnapped or, you know, that infamous scene from A Clockwork Orange with the sellotape holding my eyes open watching the film. But either way, I do remember enjoying something borrowed. I did think it was, you know, a fun watch for what it is. It's a rom-com. Um, so on today's episode, we're going to try something a little bit different. Both my co-hosts have watched the film. Key has watched it for the first time and Claudia has re-watched it. So I'm going to let them convince me whether it is a see it, maybe see it, or a don't see it. So guys, starting off, tell me a little bit about the story of Something Borrowed. Well, time for one of my short summaries. She's a successful businesswoman in New York. She has a loud and brash party-going friend and likes the proverbial attractive guy. Which rom-com is this again? In a more serious tone, this story is about a woman who hides her feelings and has to deal with her best friend marrying the man that she loves. Can she go through with it? What could have happened if she had confessed all those years ago? Well... Claudia might have a bit more to say on this. Yes, it is definitely another rom-com from Box of Torture for my co-hosts, or they would like to think. But story-wise, I believe Keone scratched the surface. So there are, as a matter of fact, few plots that are explored in this movie. So, of course, we see the classic, almost like a Barbie and Ken, or in this case, Darcy and Dex. On the surface, people so perfect that they just have to be together but in the end will they drift off into the sunset i guess the hint is in the title we also see a more important love story which is darcy and her best friend rachel and how this friendship is put to a test and last but not least we see a big love story of rachel and dex i know i'm after spoiling so much that i might as well continue so Basically, the, the story or the plot goes like this. A self-centered and free-spirited Darcy throws her best friend a surprise 30th birthday party. Rachel, obviously the friend, is the exact opposite. She is single. She is a New York attorney, um, very quiet and, and very shy. We are also introduced to Dex, Darcy's fiance and Rachel's college friend during that party. Then Darcy being Darcy draws all the attention on her during the event. Gets drunk and literally has to be carted home. Um, very important plot point. She loses a Chanel bag. So Dex goes back to the venue and meets Rachel having what I can describe as existential crisis due to being 30 and single, I guess. Um, anyway, Dex takes her out for a drink and she mentioned she had a crush on him while in the law school. As rom-coms go, one thing led to another and both Rachel and Dex wake up next morning at her apartment while listening to what I can describe as a musical of voice messages from Darcy losing her plot 
over decks not returning home the night before. So I guess this is a nice first act, second act, I don't know what to call it. Um, But anyway, continuing on from that, at that point, we have multiple plots playing out between different characters. I'm not even going to mention nearly pathological behavior of everyone sleeping with everyone, like Rachel's friend um, Ethan with Darcy's work friend Claire. Darcy then tries to set up Rachel with Dex's friend Marcus, but then Darcy ends up sleeping with him. Rachel and Dex having a push-and-pull relationship. Ethan, Rachel's best friend, having hating Darcy, but having a crush on Rachel. Then Darcy's friend from work, having an obsession over Ethan, and then Ethan pretending to be gay to scare her off. I mean, this goes on and on and on. I mean, usually you have the classic love triangle in in movies like these, but something borrowed is, um, I want to say, a full spectrum of geometrical figures. And I let you decide whether it's fun to watch. I actually had quite, uh, quite a lot of fun with it. The end, without spoiling too much although you can nearly predict how how it ends uh, it is a rom-com after all but what I like about it is that it has a bit of a, a bittersweet ending and as a matter of fact it does resolve um, all of the arcs which you rarely see and uh, that in rom-coms and I'm just going to leave it at that I think that's a very detailed as always summary of the story of of film um, yeah, I think the running joke of did you pull it from Wikipedia is going to still stick to you. No, I did not. I wrote every single bit myself. Yeah, but it's like a Wikipedia article on the film. You're welcome. I just need a job at Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, as you can probably guess from my two co-hosts, we had one quick bite-sized uh, summary of the film and one large, you know, burger and fries uh, of summary of the film. So, getting into what we liked about the film, I guess. What you guys liked about the film. Uh, Keith, do you want to kick us off? Uh, one thing I did quite enjoy with this film is... I think its use of flashbacks were quite good. In that they give you extra bits of the story... But that reflect back upon the scenes that they are connected to. While not over-revealing or to you under-revealing at the time. So, the flashbacks reveal story as story is kind of revealing itself in real time and I did like that because it meant the flashbacks did have purpose in reinforcing in what's happening happening in the present day and yeah generally in terms of I thought it was a good use of it they did serve a narrative function rather than just being a flashback that's there just to let's say vomit dialogue or exposition or the same flashback over and over again. Or if any of them was revisited, it did add on extra parts to the flashbacks. And yeah, I did like how they wrote that into the script, that it wasn't too cliche a use of flashbacks to say. Of the cast, one that actually stood out to me quite a bit was John Krasinski. I think he works quite well as a supporting character here. He is the proverbial, I believe, Ethan, the good friend we can't i think quite say best friend as darcy i think has that solely taken of our main character rachel and he works quite well he has a nice character to him he's witty he's sarcastic he's supportive and it just yeah he wasn't just back 
background dressing, let's say, for the scenes. He was someone who was there. He did bounce off other characters. And I think that's also probably down to John Krasinski wanting to get a bit more out of this role rather than just, let's say, phoning it in for a paycheck in a studio movie. And, yeah, this might get a small bit spoilery on it. Krasinski here playing Ethan has some good writing to his motivations in how he does some things. Uh, So in this, getting a little bit spoilery, he is motivated to dislike Darcy because from his perspective, she is hurting a person that he likes. And he is taking upon himself to be a bit more confrontational and disliking of Darcy because yeah, we see... You could see maybe there's some reasons why he dislikes her, but one thing that sticks with him, and he mentions it to Rachel, is that he doesn't like how Darcy walks over her. And while Rachel says that she is genuinely okay with this, uh, Ethan isn't, and he takes it personally himself, even though it's not happening to him, but he does have to witness it. And those are a few points that I did like in the movie. And Claudia, you brought up this film, and give me the Blu-ray. So I assume you have some likes. I do indeed. So I, for myself, I definitely like the fact that it stayed quite true to the source material, which I suppose ties in nicely with what you were saying about the, the flashbacks and how it was written into the script. So the movie is based on Emily Griffin's 2005 book of the same title. And I am in a way gutted that they didn't get a chance to do a sequel because it kind of nicely wraps Rachel's and Darcy love story. Obviously, Something Borrowed focuses more on on Rachel and her finding love, no matter how twisted the path to it might be. The second book then focuses more on Darcy. So this is what you have to remember. As much as we like to think that this is a typical rom-com between Rachel and Dex, as a matter of fact, the books um, are really about the relationship between the two ladies and how their friendship evolved over time and how each one of them is set on the on the right path, I guess. Rewatching the movie after 10 years, I actually think it aged quite well, which is something I'm spotting in, in a lot of movies recently. Um, the movie came out the same year as The Twilight Saga, Breaking Down Part 1. Uh, no strings attached, friends with benefits, what's your number, crazy stupid love and some others. And I just feel that it kind of got lost among the others. And if you compare something borrowed to others, you will actually appreciate it that bit more. I know this might be a bit of a a risky statement, but, you know, I liked it. Um, However, bringing it back to the movie itself, I absolutely loved Ethan's character. So same as you, uh, Key. Again, I loved him in the book and I loved him in the movie. And I think the casting was done really really well so Krasinski gets the character across really well I think the chemistry between him and Rachel is is definitely striking and it is you know it is funny it is provoking a bit emotional at times Um, and I don't want to call him the narrator of the story but he definitely motivates Rachel to fight for herself and her happiness you know if she needs a kick in the butt he makes sure that there's a proper bruise left afterwards. So it kind of moves the story along nicely. 
also Marcus was just uh, so inappropriate at times that just made me laugh every time I saw him on screen. I mean, this is a guy that used the same story about rescuing a squirrel to pick up women. I guess it must have worked wonders considering that Kate Hudson and Steve Howie, so again, uh, Marcus and Darcy, uh, meet again in Bride Wars in 2009 and even got married in the movie. So I know very irrelevant, but I just wanted to squeeze a bit of trivia for you here. Uh, one ask I will have to all of you listeners is if you don't watch the entire movie, that's all right. But I ask you to go onto YouTube and check out the badminton scene. I swear this is so, so funny. I believe that Kate Hudson breaks her character a bit at the end of the scene. And I mean, wow. How did Rachel and Ethan remain friends afterwards? Okay, so even though it seemed like a bit of a torture at the start, there is some likes to something borrowed anyway, for sure. Um, but of course, as always, we got to come to some dislikes. So, Claudia, you were very passionate about your likes of the film. And of course, you are um, handing the Blu-ray over to Key to watch it. But is there any dislikes from yourself? Yeah, so I I mean, for me, the typical rom-com crib I have is, is the music. I mean, who cares if it works or not? Let's stick early 2000 hits into it and hope for the best. So that that is definitely a big dislike for me. Um, the movie seems to be actually quite poorly rated with comments such as, where's Matthew when you need him? Well, my answer to that is, watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. He is there with Kate Hudson. Um, another feedback I found was that no romantic drama was ever so misguided and eager for you to root against its characters. This tacky, morally incorrect film is unbearable. And do you know what, guys? I, I, I get that. The, the chemistry between Rachel and, and Dex is questionable at, at times. But the reason why I like it is that it, it's a bit different. It's, um, it is a rom-com, but instead of dealing with Rachel and Dex, um, it addresses a rather questionable friendship between Rachel and, and Darcy. And, and I like the fact that it is not groundbreaking, far from, you know, award-winning movie. But that's what we want sometimes. It's, it's a bit of a kind of a deep fried cheese on Sunday night, you know. You, you watch it and, and then you can forget about it. It just does what it says on the, on the tin, the, the multiple plots explored in the movie. I feel can accommodate different audiences who would want to get different things from it. Again, I just want to stress out here that there are far worse rom-coms out there. Something Barrow reminds me a bit of an ugly Betty in a way. And hey, haven't we all been obsessing over it for like four years? So instead of spending days or weeks rewatching the show, here comes Something Borrowed. Okay, good, good, good. So... Um... You know, interesting uh, approach to your dislikes there. I like it. Uh, how about yourself, Key? Any dislikes about something borrowed? Uh, so to get into some of my bigger dislikes, I am going to have to go into spoilers here. Uh, but one thing I will say before spoiler things, yeah, on decks, yeah, I think on scene, the chemistry, I wasn't quite feeling it. But I see in the story in the script, Best way to say it, it makes sense that they like each other, but I didn't really feel that they like each other properly. It didn't win me over in that way. 
and onto the spoiler things that do relate to plot points. Yeah, the plot, let's say, twists were too obvious. Marcus and the adultery situation, it made too much sense. You could kind of see how it was with the two tracks they were drawing out for Darcy during her time preparing to be the bride and Marcus' whole storyline throughout as he's there with the bridal party. Uh, Ethan being secretly in love with Rachel. Once again, you could kind of see how he was nearly stepping a bit too much beyond like the brotherly uh, situation there and because how you see that Rachel doesn't really reciprocate to him as much. You can tell there's something deeper there if it's not an equivalent relationship. The pregnancy uh, part, that was actually a bit unexpected, but I do have troubles with that. Now, I will say I didn't know this was part of two books, and maybe the, if there was a second, a sequel, it might have cleared up some of the problems, but just on this movie on its own, how it ended, this is a bit of a troubling storyline to have. This is because typically narcissist as a parent is a pretty bad message to have in a film and to be sending to people as typically there is a pretty high risk of trauma in children as narcissists don't tend to alter their behavior enough after having kids uh so it's not a case of a kid instantly changes their life and they instantly start changing how they interact with everyone it can change a bit but in reality usually not quite enough and yeah it kind of gives this message possibly that or just having a kid changes you for the better and i feel that's a bit of a disservice in terms of a uh, plot line to have and yeah uh that's one thing i found like it was just it felt like it was for shock value and for me it nearly raised more questions than it gave answers and i think those would be part of the big things that stood out to me the most that i didn't quite like with this movie cool cool um, very good, very good. I think good points brought up on both the likes and the dislikes. And I think with a film like this, it is, you know, it's obviously going to be the, the typical rom-com, you know. It's going to hit its beats and, you know, you're going to see some of this stuff coming. But it's how it, I suppose, uses it to further its story or if it underdevelops, if it undercooks it. And I think with both of you, how you're kind of explaining, obviously, with the option of the second book, a lot of those kind of undercooked options and plot might have you know balanced out a little bit better afterwards in a in a sequel if possible um but yeah no good so we are going to move on to our ratings now our ratings are very very simple and very quick summary we're a good couple of episodes and so i'm just going to give you a very quick rundown of our rating system so bottom tier is don't see it i don't see it we just recommend to not watch the film. Um, it is We didn't like it for any kind of reason. It could be it was fine. It was eh, you know. But don't see it. Bottom there. We'd recommend do not watch it. Coming up a little bit is maybe see it. Now maybe see it is our middle tier. And maybe see it is, yeah, if you've got nothing else to watch, maybe give it a watch. We don't think it's an amazing film or anything like that um but you know it's a good fun watch or 
it was lacking something. It was lacking that last oomph, that last kick. You know, we had our issues with it. And then top tier is See It. Now, See It might be, you know, one of our personal favourite films. It might be a masterpiece in general. It might be just an extremely good film uh, that we we watched that we're like, yeah, that is a See It. Simple as that. So, going around the room, I'm going to let my co-hosts just provide their ratings and a little sentence of an explanation of said rating. And then I'm just going to make my own mind up, I guess, with the review here. Um, obviously, the film, when you were talking about it, it's kind of given me a little bit of a refresh of like, oh, yeah, that does happen in the film, doesn't it? Um, now, look, I might go back and rewatch the film. I'm not sure yet. But my co-hosts have got to give their ratings and then maybe I might make my decision then. So, Claudia, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So for, for me, it's it's a see it again. As as he mentioned, I'm I'm the one who picked the the movie to watch. Look, I'm just gonna sum it up by saying it's a Sunday burger that you can eat and forget about. Uh, it's definitely for me one of the rom coms of 2011. I actually had a bit of a fun with. So kind of so many plots and characters that you can find at least one you will like and and i think for that um for that you should you should see it cool okay we've one see it key what about yourself what are you giving something borrowed uh this might be the part that both me and claudia have been dreading to hear i'm ready go for it unfortunately for me it is going to be i don't see it Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I made sure to keep her tears for the end so it would be throughout the recording. Uh, good point, good point. And just to explain why, I'm not a typical fan of rom-coms. I watch them, I find them fine. And in terms of this, something borrowed, it didn't convince me of the genre. I'm generally giving this don't see it one because I don't think it's going to win over people that weren't interested in rom-coms already and i felt if you hype it up a bit too much and someone sees it and doesn't like it they might actually be less inclined to give rom-coms a chance so compared to love rosie i don't feel it quite pushed enough to start winning people over to the genre and that's just my explanation for the rating i give it and I think that's that's actually fair and, and the kind of perspective you put it that if you haven't seen any rom-com um, ever and let's say this is the first one you pick, it, it may not necessarily um, encourage you to, to watch more movies for, of that genre. It's definitely, you can see it in the reviews online of that movie as well. I just kind of went in and looked at a couple of comments. But I'm just still personally a little bit heartbroken that it's a it's a don't see it for for you. But I'll get over it. Deck, you have the deciding voice. Deciding voice. I can either go one extreme or the other. So as a good politician, I'm going to say maybe see it. Um, from what I remember originally seeing something borrowed, it is a fine film. It is just fine. Like, uh, you know, it's forgetful. Yes, is. You know, am I rushing out to watch it again? No. But, yeah, it's maybe seen in the sense that the cast are all trying their best with, I do think, a pretty, a pretty uh, 
eye-rolling rom-com kind of a script. But at the end of the day, this was, a, you know, a time when these films were getting made so quickly. You know, if something borrowed was made in modern times now, if we had a something borrowed come out now with a cast like that, I think it would be received a lot better. But in 2011, the market was oversaturated with this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I do think there's a bit of an underrated element to the film. But saying that, it's not as underrated as a, a Love Rosie, for example. But, yeah, a good politician, I'm just going to say, maybe see it. So, a nice little change of pace this week, I think. Very compelling reviews of something borrowed, to be quite honest. Quite a, a meaty look into an underrated rom-com or, you know, is it even underrated? As we've heard from one of our hosts as a don't see it. So one is saying, yeah, see it. The other is saying, don't see it. And I myself am like, yeah, it's fine. It's a maybe see it. But again, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. So maybe I'll swing one way or the other. Either way. I've been drawn right down the middle here, so. You're just glad you dodged the bullet of having to rewatch it. You just threw a poor key under the bus. But don't you worry, I'm looking for another rom-com you can watch. Oh no, I trust you on that, but fun idea for an episode, no? I can't believe that a rom-com might technically have been one of our most decisive, or divisive, sorry, picks. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do this more often. <laughs> Just name the time and place and I'll come with a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that has been another episode of Let's See It's Your Podcast. I've been your host, Deck, And wherever you are listening, good night, good afternoon, good morning, goodbye.